0: Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablens is holding on. Cut glory for Kablens. But it is all heart style Rico and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne cup in. Green light is on for the Green light on podcast. You bet it is. Green light on Premier racing podcasting time once again. We're in for a busy 24 hours Friday night Greyhound racing at the Meadows this week. Yep here right Friday night racing at the Meadows we're covering all of the 12 races there and then backing up Saturday night the the spotlight goes across town to the uh, the Sanddown Park Greyhounds for a massive night shootout night racing.com coverage again which was just fantastic first time around uh, as well as the in-depth look with uh, with RSN 927 and obviously Sky Racing as well but straight off the top uh, episode 1 for this week I've got Corey Smith joining me Smithy uh, big week mate how'd you, uh, how'd you- pull up after a big night saturday night there at the meadows
1: no it was a it was a good week it was a big week it was a fun week but uh yeah i'm I'm always glad it's it's a bit strange to say it because i'm always so excited for the big races to roll around but there's always a bit of a relief uh when they when they do happen and and you can put the feet up and kick the shoes off and have a couple of beers after the last because uh a lot of work does go into it but I'm uh, I'm I'm glad we, we got through and there was some exciting results. So. Oh,
0: there was, mate. But like we say, from a punter's perspective, the big races are just there and they run. You get excited, you watch them. But for for you working at the meadows, there's so much work that goes in in the lead up, and obviously putting that night together, Saturday night. Obviously, I'm not sure if uh, many listeners were tuning into the racing.com coverage. I'm sure they were. Uh, at the end there, you did the final cross, smithy. The noise from the DJ, from the, what were those things, blowing out fire. I mean, it, it was it was a real show, and I, I think that's only a glimpse of, of what's to come for the Phoenix. So I can strongly say, if you haven't been to the Meadows, Phoenix night will be the time to get to the Meadows, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm not sure it was the most professional of our crosses uh Jimmy boy, <laughs> but it was it was good. The the flames as you said were uh were, were ripping in a bit of a pyrotechnic sort of setup and uh and the DJ was having plenty of fun too. So December 17th at the Phoenix, it's only going to get bigger and better.
0: I tell you what, we were upstairs straight after that cross, so I I think I might have beat you to the bar to be honest uh, for a cold cider and we ran into some uh, some pretty famous names whilst we're up there. And uh, for those who are into Greyhound Racing podcasting, I'm sure they've heard of the Non-Chasers podcast from Sportsbet. Um, it's no longer running, but uh, I ran into uh, to Irish Kenny um, and also uh, Shagger. And I tell you what, mate, I was dead set fanboying and I was that, I guess, positive towards them that I think I may well have conned them to eventually come onto this podcast to, to I guess... Uh, Unite almost uh, the the non chasers and the green light on premier racing podcast together.
1: I reckon that'd be a really nice deep dive, having a couple of the sports bet boys, oh, yeah. and then, uh, then patch myself and you just just running a I reckon that'd be a great great episode. But yeah, I, don't, I don't know if they realized how many people actually did fangirl over the, the non chasers podcast. That's I used good. to love the the, the bets that they'd put out as well. They'd they'd give you obscene value on things, and it was uh, it was always a fun
0: time. Run of the Week. Personally, Smithy, I don't think it's as fun as the Greenlight On podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, let's take a look uh, Run of the Week. There's three of them, three Group 1s at the Meadows. It would be remiss of me not to speak of those, starting with Aston Velvet, and this was just a tremendous all-of-the-way victory. Away and racing, and Dookie Devil only fair to go. Out fast, Aston Velvet's going to cross and lead. Pocket Money, the Queenslander in a threatening place with a lap to go. And then wheel and go, Dookie Devil up to fourth, the outside, and they're clear to on the off. Well back now to Jarek Bale, Zinmin Bale, and Triumph last, down the back. Aston Velvet the leader. Pocket Money three lengths away, camping on the speed. And then wheel and go, Dookie Devil, and they're clear to Jarek Bale winding up. Still Aston Velvet with a good lead. Pocket Money, the Queenslanders trying to knuckle down as they turn. Aston Velvet swings the lead at clear in the Hume Cup. They're not going to catch her. Aston Velvet, a brilliant win by a length the- Seriously good win, that, Aston Velvet. I thought Pocket Money was home uh, when they went round the first bend, sitting leaders back, but a credit to uh, to this dog, and she's got that distance form, and therefore, Smithy, she was not for catching.
1: Yeah, exactly right. We, uh, we kind of said last week that we thought she'd lead, she'd get across from, from box five and, and bring Dookie Devil and potentially Pocket Money as well from the outside across, but... Once she, uh, when she found the front, she was incredibly strong. She was the only girl in the race, Aston Velvet, and she was uh, she was too good for the boys.
0: What did you make of the beaten brigade? Pocket money, I don't want to say plain, but I thought he, he may well have just been a bit flat and left his, uh, left his pennies on the track the week before. He just went too good on Monday night. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's
1: maybe that's what happened. I mean, five-day break, um, just an exceptional performance on the Monday night. It's hard to say whether that took it out of him or not. He did seem to get his chance, though, but Aston Velvet, as he said, she's got 700-metre form. She's nice and strong. It's, uh, it's hard for them to go past her.
0: Jarek Bale was enormous in fourth, and he, he's just running himself back into form to say, hey, don't forget me for the bold trees just around the corner.
1: Yeah, he's an absolute star, Jarek, and uh, he's still got plenty of big races in him, I think.
0: What about Dookie Devil, just quickly? Um, I, I think this is a greyhound. I've just had a look at the Silver Chief market and races like that, which is obviously uh, only a few weeks away from kicking off. And, and Dookie Devil, we all know now that he trial was at 29.58? If he runs up to that, he's a huge player in that series, and there's some value. So even though we've spoke about certain greyhounds, they may well not have won this week, but you've got the inside info moving forward, I think, Smithy.
1: Gets the early luck and he lands in a position. He, he went 29.58, and I think his first section was only about 5.17, 5.18, or something around there. So if you could get that down to a 5.10, or with the run home times that he puts together, he'd be a massive, massive player in that, and I'm sure he's going to be a big player in any race that he goes for moving forward.
0: Away, Mpunga Ruby out beautifully, straight out to grab the lead from Untapped, who's going to track her across to second and echo away, and running to third Oo range, the Queenslander. They're followed by Fantastic Radley, and then first victors a fair way back from Range Susie. A break to Zar and 00 range, uh, gets to midfield now, the other Queenslander last days of thunder. So the leader untapped, head- Back to the back straight leading a length and a half to 200 range and they're cleared by three Mapunga Ruby. Running on now Moraine Susie from the back and then Bell the leader untapped. The Sandown Cup champ led by a length but here's Moraine Susie. The first reserve swarmed up on the outside turning. Moraine Susie strikes the lead, charged away and that is a big Top Gun win. Moraine Susie by three lengths. Moraine Susie big Top Gun win, enormous Top Gun win. The time was there, the quality of the race was strong and that was just a uh, An enormous finish over the top of the likes of Untapped who I must say I had a very small flutter each way a long, long time ago on this greyhound to win the top gun. And down the back, I just got a little inkling she might keep going in front. But uh, all honours there, Smithy, with the winner, Moraine Susie, a well-deserved win. And maybe we've just forgotten how good she actually is because I thought when she got a run from box two, she was an enormous chance in the race.
1: Yeah, yeah, she got, she got. well, it's hard to say she got the perfect run when she, she lobbed second last, but she got a nice little passage through. She showed her strength, untapped in the Punga Ruby, or obviously the class runners of the race, and they were both enormous, but... Probably Fitness just uh, showed out a little bit on both of those, and Moraine Suzy was just there to capitalise, and yeah, massive, massive win for, for the first of the reserves.
0: Oh, perfect segue. You took the words right out of my mouth, uh, meatloaf style there. Uh, it's exactly what I was going to say. First of the reserves, something I don't think we'll ever see again in Top Gun history. Both Top Gun races going to the emergency, first reserve number nine, and... Well, the sprint was won by Gavin Clift and David McKenzie with a greyhound by the name of Photoman, and take a picture of this set in the top gun. And wow, she's fast, only fair to go. Good speed underneath McInerney and from the outside, Photo Man's going to cross and lead. Photo Man takes the lead and sprinted away. Led three, McInerney, Vice Grip and then Amron Boy. They sprint away to Zipping Kyrios. then French Martini. Well back Zippy, Tesla and wow, she's fast last but the emergency rug again. Photoman, a big leader in the top gun by five over McInerney, Vice grip running on, Photo Man, he's all out, but he's clear, and Photo Man won the top gun, Photo Man by two lengths, McInerney, Photo Man wins the top gun, uh, I don't think any of the putters saw that coming, uh, the top four across the line, the four outsiders of the race, and we all know the two favourites, French Martini, wow, she's fast, the last two in, what do you make of that top gun? It
1: just goes to show how much depth there is in, in top line racing, I mean, well she's fast picked herself in the top gun but from there on there's probably 10 12 15 dogs that all on their night given a decent box can all win it and we saw that with photo man box eight it's probably not the the first box that you'd pick for him but he just got him gave himself a nice card across the race he nailed the start when some of the others didn't and when he was in front he was just too good and i tell you what it was an absolute privilege to talk to gavin clifton david mckenzie straight mm. after the race just the pure emotion and um, the things that they've been through with this dog you can just tell how much it how it really means to them and it was a special moment
0: I made a comment straight after the race that uh, he'd, he'd been chasing the feature races across the whole of the the great country of Australia then to come back to their home turf and win their first group one was just such a beautiful result
1: yeah it certainly was it's just you, you can't really can't really put it into words that um, your first win at the Meadows when you're a Victorian dog is in a Top Gun. It just doesn't really—it just doesn't really work like that. You get a run as a reserve, and yeah, it's just seriously special. So, well done to Gavin and David and all the things that they had to do to get the dog right to to show up on the night.
0: Will it ever happen again? Two reserves win the Top Gun, let alone two number nines. You ju- you barely even see reserves
1: get into mm. Group One fields. Like it, you just don't see many scratchings. Everyone puts them in cotton wool and and uh, does everything to the absolute nth degree to, to get their dogs right for the finals. So you just don't even see that. So you might not, next year, the year after, you might not see a reserve get into a Top Gun field for the next three years. Like, you just don't know. So I think, uh, I think we'll be very hard-pressed to see that again anytime soon.
2: Ooh,
0: Friday night's preview. It's a new thing. our Friday night's preview, Smithy. I'm not sure if you could hear that down the line, mate, but it was very jazzy and uh, I may well have been pushed in that direction after just having a bit of a listen to the DJ spin the wheels on Saturday night there. They call it spin the wheels or spin the discs or something like that they do, don't they, Smithy boy? I don't know, DJ Vanders. I'll,
1: uh, I'll leave that expertise
0: oh, up to you, mate. No, nah, mate, I, I, there, is a, there is a terminology, I think, for those things that they spin and I, I, I think personally a lot of them just have it on a playlist and they hit play and then they just pretend they're hitting those things. But <laughs> That's my thoughts around it anyway. Hey, 12 races Friday night. Uh, don't go looking Saturday night for the Meadows because you'll be lost. Uh, we kick off at 12 past seven in the... I guess it's almost the Geelong time slot for for normal Friday night racing, although Geelong is racing Friday as well. Uh, Race one, is there a winner in that uh, maiden final? I'm going with Winston Town. I thought his pressure was good mid-race, but I'm keeping a close eye on uh, number six, Never Be Alone. The sections were very good from her on debut, but to me, maybe more of a 400, 450 metre type.
1: Yeah, this this is a tough one. I've got the one on top from the three and the six, so I think we're seeing it pretty similarly. Um, but yeah, can't really tip with any confidence for the one on top for me, Scooby-Boo.
0: And I think we'll be honest, it's a pretty hard night of racing, uh, to be fair. Race number two, I'm with seven, Andre Bale. If you go back to his win about three starts ago at Ballarat, he just got room, and when he got the room, he just ignited. So I think second look here at the Meadows, a wide draw. If he gets that room to move, which he may do with just one runner to his outside, I think he's going to be a genuine each-way player here.
1: It's now uh, your turn to do the meatloaf action and take the words right out of my mouth. I was going to mention that run at Ballarat three starts ago, 25-23. As you said, he got room to move there. If he gets room to move here, I think you'll be winning.
0: Must have been while you were kissing me. Lucky it was Matt Smithy boy. (laughs) (laughs) Race three. Hey, I'm going to try and catch up with Corey Lee Heinrich because uh, they've got this old boy Gypsy Yankee in their kennel up there at Heathcote in uh, Country Victoria. Uh, and he's absolutely flying. Uh, he, he's been racing really well. I thought his win last start, defeating Kalinda Chips, was outstanding. If you followed that form, Kalinda Chips, then I think went 30 and 55 or something around Ballarat last night, a, a mammoth win there. So I'm keen to, uh, to follow the good form lines. Probably one of my better each-way plays of the night here, number two, Gypsy Yankee.
1: Yeah, he's certainly drawn exactly where he wants to be, but I'm going to go a little bit wider. I'm going to go with the eight Agland. Oh, I knew guy. you were. We saw, we saw the exhibition trial on uh, on Saturday night, went 30 and 17. I think there's plenty of there. He's a million-dollar chase finalist. I think he'll get the room to move that he needs, and uh, I think he'll be really hard to beat. But, again, another tough race.
0: Race four, talk about tough races. There's only six of it in it, six greyhounds in the race, and, Mm, I'm not sure who to go with here. I think the only ones that probably can't win, Arby's Lucy and maybe my father's son, but then he's a he's a lock for a top four type of finish. I'm probably going to go with the eight, Osprey Storm. Just think he's the the one that's up and coming, but play nice, I think, has been going really well in that 600 metre campaign. So, And then Keane, obviously, who was dominant last week, uh, down the back straight, made the move. Tough race. I'm going to go with the fave, though, number eight.
1: Yeah, I'm also with the eight, Osprey Storm. I thought the run was actually full of merit last week. Got flattened at. A crucial stage early in the race and then run home really well and still went 42 10 at Sandown down i think uh, i think he can run the sorts of times that not many of these
0: can trevor's gift for me in race five tough race i'm just a little concerned that uh she doesn't hit the first peg quick enough um 520s is about all she can go but generally up on the speed and i don't think this is a supremely strong city race so i'm keen on number six very lightly on the each way
1: yeah, it's not the not the strongest race I've ever seen. I'm I'm with the one Fab's vegetable on the each way. I just think it's a really awkward draw. It's a, a tough one to kind of decipher. I'm just again going back to Ballarat form. Four mm. starts ago, went twenty five twenty nine. That sort of speed uh, or sorry time overall is is capable of winning this for sure.
0: The only concern I had with him was he looked a bit plain last week. But then in saying that, they were running dynamic sections in front, which may have made him look. A little bit worse than he was. So I agree. I think he's a big each-way chance off the inside. Race six, I thought great guy's just been humming. He got the right run last time at Sandown. But I'm going to lean to Tobin Frost on maybe a one-by-four basis, a unit the win four a place. So I think he's last two, even though he's been beaten a fair way. Well, last week was only two and a half, three lengths. Uh, he's been out of the money, but his runs have been really, really good with no luck. Yeah,
1: again, keep harping on about it, but another tough one. I've got the one, Grace, in shock on top. I didn't think I'd be uh, tipping him in, in too many city races if you had gone back to his form a couple of months ago, but he's, uh, he's really improved. He's He's been racing in top-quality races, beaten by Graceland Bale. He beat Jarek Bale. He's been beaten by Zinmin Bale, Armani Bale. So plenty of, uh, plenty of good races that he's been contesting lately, and uh, I think he can be a nice little each-way play in this one.
0: The next one's pretty hard, uh, race number seven. You've got the cross-border challenge winner at uh, Mount Gambier, drawn box number eight for uh, Dustin Drew. Flying Lantern, if he turns up, he's $34. He could give them a shake, but his form has just been so plain of late. Really, really hard race. I'm probably going to lean to the two-fast Milkman. I just think the staying form's good, and if he does lob on speed, you know he's going to be competitive. But again, like you say, Smithy, we don't want to harp on it over and over again, but it's a pretty tough night Friday night. Yeah, I'm with the four Soda Extreme. I think a lot of these are are dropping down
1: from the 600 or have been at the 600 for a while now, and Soda Extreme, I'm hoping uh, she can find the front. She was pretty good at sandown not too long ago. So uh, I'm with Soda Extreme, but again... Not not very confident.
0: No, but As soon as you say that, it makes sense. Like, I've, I've, it's funny how just hearing somebody a somebody else explain a race, and you spot on five oh nine at Sandown four starts ago, she runs that boom straight to the front, uh, just dominates the race from the lead, hopefully, and even two starts ago chased home Valour Bale, and that's huge form. So, no, I, I'm I'm sort of getting. Uh, What's the word? Um, Picking influenced. up what I'm putting down. Yeah, I'm, I'm influenced <laughs> by you a little bit on this podcast, uh, Corey. Race number eight, I'm with eight, banella Bandit. I think the six will lead uh, the old girl run, Baba Run. And if the eight can tag across straight to second placing, I think can be hard to beat, but uh, would, would need to get across early.
1: Yeah, I, I think the six is going to lead run Bubba run again. So uh, I'm, I'm actually leaning towards a seven holy smoke on an each-way basis, one by three, one by four sort of staking uh, plan there, and banana bandit's the obvious danger. So even if you just want to back both of those, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, talk you out of that.
0: Race nine, another raffle race. Our flying ability's got early speed, so does federal outlaw. A bit of country form there with overdrawn and silk for David McKenzie. Well, I tell you what, one thing you know with David, he'll be absolutely streaming to the boxes. He handled a Greyhound after <laughs> the Top Gun, and, and I was on obviously calling duties, and um, he, he just took off. He was only at the boxes before the other dogs had even left the uh, parade yard, but uh, no, good on him. I, I'm going to go with the informed trainer drawn Box 7 Silk, but it's a very hard race. He uh, was
1: setting the tone early. He wanted his greyhound to know that you just need to get out in oh. front of him and get to your destination early. Uh, again, I'm looking for Ballarat form 25, 4 ago for trending one the six. I keep picking these Brad, Brad Kiel runners that uh, have run fast times at Ballarat, but it's that sort of night that you just want to find something that you think can run a fast time. Um, because the races are so even.
0: My best bet of the night in the next race, race 10 is number one, Kasair. I know he's going to be short, but he's just flying at the moment. Um, I'd be same race, multi him, him. Same race multi-ing, not the easier thing to say, Uh, with number eight to run in the top three or four. I've just noticed with the watchdog pricing, the eight's the rank outsider. Um, Obviously, there's six dogs in the race at the moment. I think there has to be six to run a same race multi, so hopefully no scratchings. Uh, One to win, and Zara's Ivan to finish up there as well, maybe third or fourth, and hopefully we get some value.
1: Yep, I, I like that too, Kaiser. Is also my best bet of the night. There's no uh, no prizes for selecting him. He's no. been awesome his last three, and can uh, find the front from the inside drawer and and run them a merry dance.
0: All right, race eleven, green light on podcast. Pressure's on to tip the winner of this race. I'm going. This is my best value bet of the night. Okay, can you pick who it is? The eight. Incorrect. It's number three, the Reindeer. La La Reindeer has been showing good early speed, caught wide last start, but was pouring the heat on. I think can land in front, cross the one and two, and go from there, I think looks an each-way play. So race 11 here, number three, my each-way best bet of the night, La La Reindeer. $12 in the watchdog form guide as well. Smith Doggy Dog.
1: This is probably one where I'm not really all that interested in having a bet in. The seven, Victor Damien, has massive, massive wraps in SA. I haven't been able
0: to... Haven't
1: uh, been able to find out whether it's been here or not, so it just kind of leaves me a little bit in the lurch and I don't really want to uh, be chiming in at what will probably be short odds for a dog uh, up in grade and over to the Meadows for the first time, but he's got a massive engine, so I don't really want to tip against him too much.
0: So you're tipping the seven? (laughs) is?
1: Well,
0: yeah, kind
1: of. I'm sitting <laughs> on the fence. I'm getting
0: splinters. <laughs> You've beat around the bush for a while there. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, look, I thought he's two wins uh, during October. Uh, were, were absolutely enormous over there at Angle Park and you're right, the raps are that he's a dead set superstar. And I just thought he was a, a tiny bit plain last time and I know I'm probably being a little bit harsh but uh, he's still got the job done but he loomed up on the corner and he only just did enough to win but um, like you say, obviously the fact they're bringing him over uh, would, would probably signify that he's going for the Silver Chief and if they're going for the Silver Chief, you'd, you'd want to go well in a late night grade 5, that's for sure. And race 12 I'm uh, with Rio Baskin on top here, number 4. I, I thought Thought the run was uh, really good a couple of starts ago, went unlucky, went down to sail and flew. So uh, I'm going to go the four each way, but again, it's not a, a great deal of confidence in this one.
1: Yeah, it's again, it's a tough one. I'm probably leaning towards Air Outlaw, the three, but he just seems to run placings. He hasn't won for a little while. Um, so yeah, Air, Air Outlaw on top for me and what wraps up a very tough card.
0: Hunters punting club. Getting a bit of an inkling that this might be a week just to play safe and try and get Kasaya home, but I'm going to go twenty. No, I'll go five dollars each way on La La Reindeer, so a ten dollar outlay there. Uh, five bucks each way on the Reindeer race number eleven, and we will go forty the nose of Kasaya. That's a bit of confidence from me. I know he's probably going to be a dollar fifty, but uh, hopefully he can get the job done. Smithy, how do you see it, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm not messing around. I'm just uh, putting the faith in Carly Feltham and Kaizaya, and uh, putting fifty dollars on the nose.
0: Enjoy uh, Friday night racing, just quickly, mate. I, I'd assume you've had a look at the uh, shootout Saturday night. Um, the podcast, the in-depth podcast, will be out very, very soon for that one as well. Uh, both coming out Thursday. Um, just quickly, mate, have you have you got a lenience to any in the shootout? I think
1: wow, well, she's fast to be winning. She's a pearl. First look at the track. I uh, can't confidently tip her. I think Photo Man will lead McInerney will give him plenty of room and where well, she's fast will uh, get back to her best and be far too good for them.
0: Good luck Friday, good luck uh, backing Where well, she's fast in the shootout by the sounds as well. Thanks, mate. Inside info. The boom young trainer who's no stranger to the number one podcast in greyhound racing is Corey Lee Heinrich And she's been good enough to jump straight on the podcast again to chat all things the meadows Friday night Causa, what's news?
2: Oh, not too much, just dogs, dogs and more dogs
0: Well, hey, you're having a good run though, aren't you? Uh, Every time I jump online on Facebook or one of the socials, I see... uh, J and K greyhound training just smashing it up everywhere. You had a good run over the last, well, I'd say at least the last couple of months. So it must be nice because you took the punt, you moved up there to Heathcote, uh, put in a new kennel block and, and the results are now starting to come through. So it must be very rewarding.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's real nice actually. Biting the bullet and going out on our own and um, it's good to get the rewards.
0: Now, how many greyhounds are you working at the moment? And I guess what's the, the dream? You've got a couple of really nice ones in the kennel as well.
2: Um, we've got about twenty eight at the minute um, in work, that is. Um, and the dream is probably yeah keep it to that <laughs> for the for the minute anyway.
0: <laughs> well you're having you're having a good run of success and and a greyhound that you've recently acquired in the kennel I'd imagine would have been a a bit of a favorite of yours back down at Team Daily, Gypsy Yankee. He's in the twilight of his career, but he's come to uh, to your kennel. Can you tell us a little bit about that boy?
2: Um, Yeah, well, I don't know what it was about him. Like, he's pretty, if anyone else met him, they'd say he hasn't got much of a personality. He's quiet. Um, He does most things right as well as racing as well, as you can see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of fell in love with him when he first entered the Daily Kennel. And um, they were, uh, yeah, nice enough to send him on down after Shane Stiff had a crack with him at the Masters and that. And, um, yeah, they decided that, he was he was ours now.
0: <laughs> well, it's working out well because last start he goes around at Bendigo, which is now I'd say your local track there from from Heathkit. Twenty seven ninety eight defeats Kalinda Chips. Kalinda Chips then comes out and franks that form with a red hot win at at Ballarat. So there's I think fair to say, Corey, a bit of life left in the old boy's legs.
2: <laughs> Not wrong. We we were thinking the same. You know, when when they said that we can take him to train and and then you know keep him as a pet afterwards, we sort of thought ah. Uh, We'll let up on the old boy a little bit and, um, you know, just race him accordingly and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, well, he seems to be loving it just as much as he did a year ago and um, going just as good, I would say.
0: So we'll take a look at his race, race number three, drawn box number two. He's drawn nicely down to the inside and, in saying that, Corey, he's been a Greyhound that can win from absolutely any box throughout his career. He's got nearly as good a stats from box seven as he does from box number one. Have you had much of a look at the field? And, and I guess, how do you see that race playing out?
2: Uh, yeah, I had a quick look at the field and stuff. I normally, um yeah we normally sit down the night before and, and have a run through it together, me and Joshy. But um, yeah, we seem we, we liked the field. We actually thought it wasn't as strong as we thought it would be. Um, we were happy with the box draw as well. But um, he can he can come out of the boxes quite quick. So if he does that, he can use a bit of the track wherever he wants, really.
0: What about uh, race one? Trending Zara, a new one in the kennel as well. Uh, nicely bred too by Trending and Bernardo. Ran a good race, I thought, uh, last time at the Meadows went fourth. But you go back four starts ago, finishes off second at Ballarat and went twenty five thirty six in defeat. So she's clearly got a, a decent little motor when she does put it all together.
2: Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, we we haven't really. Um, Tom just sort of rang up and and uh, gave us a list of dogs because I, I told him we had a couple of spare kennels and that, and she was one of them on there. We haven't really had um, too much of a look at her form, but we did see that she'd run. Um, she went good at Ballarat that time, and we think um, I know she's drawn the guts on Friday night. But if she can if she can sit up there, she can, she comes home quite well as well. So. Fingers crossed, see I'm what
0: just, we can do. I'm just waiting for old Tommy to give me a buzz and say his a list of dogs, have a pick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think a bit of, um, family, family time helps. <laughs> yeah, it does, it
0: does for sure. Hey, uh, speaking of family, uh, when's the worse a half? Uh, the Maltese jet there, Joshy, for most gonna flop down on one knee because I think it's pretty obvious you're the one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Unfortunately, I think you might have to get him on the podcast to ask him that question.
0: Yeah, that's probably... Is he, is he going well, Joshy? Is he Maltese? Is that where he's from?
2: Yeah, yeah, he is Maltese, and he's doing very well, yes.
0: Ah, that's good. We'll leave it at that, eh? Well, I'll aim to get him <laughs> on next time, eh, Corey? Sound good?
2: <laughs> Sounds good to me.
0: Hey, best of the two. Trending Zara, Gypsy Yankee. Who are we putting the hard-earned cash on? We'll gamble responsibly, of course, on this podcast. Is it the old boy Gypsy Yankee?
2: Oh, you can't steer away from the old boy. i will be tipping him, yeah.
0: Well, we'll <laughs> be cheering for the greybeard on uh, on Friday night. Good luck, uh, firstly, with that, and obviously everything moving forward as well. I know the last time we had you on, Corey, on a serious note, you were you were just starting to get everything set up there at Heathcote and you weren't too far away from, from sort of giving it a, a really good shake. And I think that might have been, what, six months ago? And in that six months you've made a very, very good progression. So good luck with the future as well.
2: Thanks, Heath, for that, James.
0: And that's all for this podcast on the Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast. Until next time, which is only going to be a few hours before we take a look at Sandown Park Saturday night. Don't forget Meadows Friday, Sandown Saturday for the shootout. So until the next pod, it's safe travelling. And as always, happy punting.